Hi, my name is Max and today we will talk about how to access the alternative funding sources to grow your company. Our guest is Simeon Burnett. He's the CEO and the co-founder of the Snowball Effect. It is the New Zealand's leading online investment marketplace. They help New Zealand companies raise funds to increase the rate of business growth. If you want to learn other business tips, then subscribe to this show. Welcome to the show for business owners, proudly brought to you by easyfreight.co.nz. In this show, we introduce successful tools and tactics which you can apply today. Subscribe now and take your business to the next level. Simeon, would you like to add anything else about yourself or the business? Hi there, Max. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. Yeah, look, just a, a quick uh, introduction to Snowball Effect. So as Max says, you know, we are... Uh, an online platform we see our role as connecting both uh, companies and investors the type of companies that we work with tend to be what i would call growth stage companies so they're not sort of super early pre-revenue startups uh, these are companies that have got some traction and are looking for investment so we connect them with a variety of different investors depending on what uh, type of company they are what the sources are they're wanting to raise capital from so that could be sort of high net worth uh, type investors or we have the option to give them access to uh, the public as well so that the public can invest in their business and might be their, their customers uh, and just general members of the public so we, we provide a range of services for, for both companies and investors I see some of our audiences they're involved in imports and exports could you please give some examples of your previous projects what was the process and what were the results yeah sure thing so one that we did reasonably recently which you know is a uh, good example of an export based company is Ubco Electric Bikes some of your uh, viewers may have uh, come across that company before they've been around since I think 2014 so we raised about 2.5 million for them. They produce uh, electric bikes uh, manufactured in, in China and uh, sold in New Zealand, in Australia, uh, and in the US. So they're primary markets. Uh, they've just tapped into the, the UK market, but those three markets are, are their primary markets at the moment. So we actually did a very small raise for them probably about two years ago when they were quite an early stage company. We raised about 400000 or something like that, so, so it was a very small raise. But the, the process that they went through to raise their most recent round is, I guess, pretty typical of what we would do for a company. Uh, so the first thing that we, we did, uh, obviously we had a pretty good grasp of the business having raised capital for them before, knew Tim Allen, the CEO, quite well. I knew that they'd progressed pretty well as a business uh, to go from uh, so two years ago, just largely being New Zealand and Australian based, I sort of moved on to be able to establish a, an office in Oregon in the US and we're, and we're doing well in a couple of those offshore markets. We knew the business had, had tracked pretty well. The starting point for us was kind of put together their information memorandum. So the information memorandum details the, the business, what it is, uh, what their strategy is, what their growth plans are, how much capital they're raising the terms under which they're raising that capital, so on and so forth. That was the, the starting point. Then the aim was to raise uh, around 1.5 million from uh, what we call wholesale investors. So wholesale investors are people that meet a, a, a qualification or criteria based on their wealth or expertise. We went through that process and we raised about 1.5 million, I think it was, from about 12 investors. 
Uh, so it had a pretty good response. Uh, Tim and his board were keen to give the general public of New Zealand the option to, or the opportunity to invest in UBCO. So then we put it out uh, to raise the, the remaining one million from the rest of the New Zealand investment community. And that was everyone from sort of experienced investors through to people that were making their first investment. So they were getting the opportunity to, to participate and, and buy shares in UBCO as well. You know, that process took probably about six months. We started just before Christmas uh, last year, so 2018. Around February, I think it was, we got that first 1.5 million committed. And that gave both us and the UBCO team confidence that their offer was you know, well received by some experienced investors. And then we could feel confident going out and, and asking the general public to put their money in as well. And it's good to see such alternative investment options and uh, like, like your company because a lot of retail investors they could think of only of property or New Zealand stock exchange it's your platform provides just another option and I guess it's another benefit for New Zealand companies because it's not easy to get money from the banks nowadays yeah you guide them through I guess and help them to to grow right yeah and look I think kind of Maybe a lot, like a very brief overview of the New Zealand capital markets is kind of useful just to, for people to get a grasp of kind of where we sit in that spectrum because you talk about sort of banks and the stock exchange, you know, where does, how does all that sort of come together and, and where do we fit? I guess if you uh, think about the New Zealand market, sort of the NZX at one end and angel investments, a very early stage investment at the other end, kind of in between those in any kind of uh, market really you would you'd have what's called venture capital funding or expansion stage funding, and then you'd have private equity. The next step above that would be your listed market. In New Zealand, we have a pretty good angel scene. There's a number of angel groups around the country. It's been increasing investment going into more companies at that level. Uh, we have a, a, a pretty full private equity sector here in New Zealand, quite competitive. There's been a lot of funds washing around the private equity sector. You know, probably a well-known private equity firm or a firm that's been has had investment from private equity would be my food bag Waterman's capital uh, put a chunk of cash into into my food bag a couple of years ago now but that would be kind of the type of company that's quite well established growing to to a reasonable level and they would look at options like listing or going down the private equity route but the two parts of of the capital markets in New Zealand which lack are, are probably at the the bigger end of town, so the listings, you may have seen there's been quite a bit of media recently around the lack of IPOs in New Zealand. And even if you kind of ignore the last few years, kind of proportionate to the number of businesses, private businesses we have in New Zealand, we have a very small number of publicly listed businesses. If you kind of step back on the other side of private equity and, and in between angel investment, like the venture capital or the expansion stage sector in New Zealand lacks a lot of capital. You kind of have quite a bit of capital either side of it, but not much in that middle space. There are companies that are probably doing two million plus of revenue, so they're kind of past that angel stage, but they're not yet big enough for, for private equity to have a good look at. They're too risky for, for their mandate. And that's a space that Snowball Effect plays in. Uh, and look, there's a bit of crossover, uh, but by and large, that's our space. So we're giving people, as you mentioned, the opportunity to invest directly in, into New Zealand businesses that are the younger, uh, by their very nature, they're, they're more risky. 
uh, the private companies, you can't buy and sell your shares quickly. In fact, you know, you have to make the assumption that your money is going to be tied up for probably between five and seven years realistically um, before you could look at getting a return and that's assuming that the company goes on and, and does well. It's a, it's a part of the market and a, a part of your portfolio that uh, you probably want a reasonably small proportion invested in, but it's, it's attractive for a number of different reasons and you know should make up a portion of, of someone's portfolio. Simeon, say I'm an, a small to medium importer or exporter based in New Zealand. What are the typical requirements to take advantage of your online platform? Do you have uh, like do I have to be of a certain size? Is it a specific description of the goods or services that you deal with? We're agnostic to kind of goods or services. You now we've got a, a very broad investor base, so we've got about 19,000 investors total. So of that, we've got probably, I'd say, 8%, so maybe around 1,500 are what we would call wholesale investors, with other investors I was talking about before that are, that are more experienced or, or more wealthy investors. Uh, what we know about them is that they have, at a total level, they have a very diverse appetite for different types of investment. We're not sort of just focused on food and beverage exporters or, you know, hardware exporters or something like that. I guess the things that we are looking for are companies that have been growing and, and growing rapidly. Uh, we're looking for companies that are doing, you know, at least in, in something like a, an importer or an exporter business, uh, you know, probably at least a couple of million dollars. And they're probably four plus years old to, to get to that sort of level of revenue. So the key thing is around traction. You know, what's the traction that they've been having? What are they using the capital for? Are they using that capital really to grow the business or is it, is it more to survive? Uh, clearly, we're after companies that are wanting to, to grow their business. And then there's another, a, a number of other things that we're looking for when we sit down and, and talk to a company. Some of the other aspects would be things such as governance and controls. You know, who will be there to represent minority investors if they are bringing in, you know, a smaller in, investor group? Um, that, that won't have a, a controlling stake in the business at all. It's just things like that that we would need to work through to establish whether we can work with that company or not. Is it possible to get a general feeling how much as a business owner I have to allow in terms of costs to raise the funds through your platform? Say if I want to raise $1 million to expand my business, I've, I found a new market, say I want to sell my products export from New Zealand to Australia. Mm. What's the time frame? From start to finish, money. How much money are we talking about, roughly? So, time frame. It, it honestly, it really comes down to the company and how organised they are, and how well structured they are, and do they have a, a really clear vision for the business? Do they have high quality financial forecasts in place that are real realistic and have a, a sound basis? Assuming that they have those sorts of things, you know, we're probably talking three to four months uh, from the the time that we engage with you to the time that. You have money in your bank account. You know, the process that I sort of articulated a little bit before, which is kind of putting together documentation that is suitable for investors to look at to make a decision on whether they want to invest or not, whether they want to come and talk to you, whether they want to enter into due diligence and have a really close look at your business. So that's all incorporated within that three-month process or three- to four-month process. But, you know, we've worked with companies before where it's taken a year to raise the capital, and that's not because they're a bad business or anything. It's because we've started off a process as an investor that's come in, they've been interested in it, they've undertaken a due diligence process that's taken a period of time. 
maybe they've come in for a portion of the, the capital that that company wants, and then we've gone on and put that company in front of some other investors and that process has continued. Uh, you know, raising capital does take time. It is something that you need to commit to and it is something that, you know, will distract you from your day-to-day running of the business to some degree. In terms of the costs, so the way we work is that we take an upfront fee to help put together those documents to get in front of investors. Depending on the, the work that we're doing and uh, how much effort is required on our side, It'll cost anywhere up to $20,000 to put all that together. We'll be working with uh, the lawyers. If you've got sort of a, uh, a legal team that support you, um, if you don't, we can put you in touch with people. Uh, but we'll work with those lawyers to get all the different legal documents drafted up. We'll have the uh, offer material that we will put together. We'll do all the design work for you. And then we move into the, the, the capital raising phase. Um, and that is largely driven or is completely driven by success. We take a portion of the uh, capital that you raise as our success fee. So if you don't raise the capital, then we we don't get paid. Uh, And that depends on how much you're raising. Broadly speaking, anywhere up to $2 million, uh, we'll take 7.5% of that. And if you're raising up to 5 million, you know, the weighted average would probably be something like 5% or something like that. It just sort of tapers off the more that you're, you're raising. If you've just joined us, I'm talking to Simeon Burnett from uh, Snowball Effect. And if you find this information useful, uh, subscribe to the show. Talking about success, what would you say were the common mistakes before and after capital raising? Uh, how to make sure that you can continue growing your company, even though like you've secured the funding, but it's mm. another thing to implement it properly? Yeah, I think look, it varies for each business depending on what sector they're in, depending on, on the type of business that they Broadly speaking, some of the challenges that we see probably both before and after capital raising, uh, certainly before, would be kind of a, I would sort of say, a really good grasp of their financial position as a company. Do they really understand cash flow and cash flow management? A lot of companies come to us and they've just got a, a profit and loss statement and they've got a forecast based off that and you find with a lot of uh, companies that are working capital hungry a lot of business owners really underestimate how much working capital that they will need to fund the, the growth of their business part of what we'll do is we'll try and connect them up with people that we think will do a good job in helping them really understand the financial state of their business and being able to forecast all of that because you know any investor is going to want to dive into those forecasts and understand some of those key assumptions that that the business has made in terms of the cash that they're raising having a, a really solid understanding of that is obviously critical from a capital raising point of view but also just as, as much as running your business and making sure that you've got the cash to to do what you need to do once i've raised the capital i think one of the areas that businesses typically struggle uh, is communication with investors They've raised the capital, six months has gone past, and it's easy for people, uh, business owners, to forget to keep their investors up to speed with what they're doing. That's something that we help companies with, so we'll sit down with them and we will help them uh, put together their quarterly updates that they send out to investors. We know that investors obviously want to be part of that journey, uh, the story of, of that company, which is part of the reason, sort of aside from potential financial gain, why they invest. They want to be part of that story. Keeping them 
uh, up to speed with how you're going as a business is absolutely critical. And quarterly reporting, once you get into the cadence of it and understand what it is that investors are looking for, that it's not something that needs to take up a whole heap of time. It's just being disciplined about doing it. And just bearing in mind that, you know, the businesses move and they change and they evolve, but you need to keep your investors up to up to speed with, with how things are going. And there's big advantages for a company in doing that. It's not just about a cost to you of keeping investors, uh, you know, over what it is that you're doing. Um, if you go back to raise more capital, you know, there's a lot of evidence that says that companies that, keep up their communications, have an easier job of raising capital from those investors uh, in the future. I appreciate your inf uh, information and advice and I know you're a busy man, so I'd like to um, move to some three quick rapid fire questions. Uh, sure thing. Could you please share, uh, Simon, your best purchase uh, or investment that you've done personally for yourself this year? Best purchase? Uh, I'm going to have to say my boots that I'm wearing at the moment. I've been very happy with them. They, uh, they weren't cheap, uh, but they're very comfortable to wear. They've maintained uh, a, um, a good look to them over the last, uh, over the last few months. So I'm, I'm really happy with them. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, and what about your best business purchase or investment that you've done this year? Oh, uh, personally, I haven't invested in too much outside of my own business, so Snowball Effect. That's kind of where my focus is and uh, where my attention and sort of energy and financial resources are going. So I'm going to say snowball effect. Uh, last but not least, could you mention any book or person that has impacted your business life the most? Yeah, yeah. So a book that I've found really good and it's kind of one of those books that you kind of read a little bit and then you put it down and you think about it and then some point in the future you pick it up, read a little bit more, put it down and, and sort of marinate away, uh, let it marinate away kind of what's been said is the book, uh, it's called hard, The Hard Thing About Hard Things uh, by Ben Horowitz. Some of you may have read that book. Um, I found it to be really insightful. Uh, I think Ben had some really good thoughts about people management and hiring and recruiting and that process. Ben was one of the, the co-founders of uh, Netscape back in the day. Uh, they, he is now part of um, Andresen Horowitz, uh, which is a well-known VC firm in, in the US. I recommend looking that right up and um, I'm sure there's probably something in there for everyone. If you didn't have a chance to write down the name of the book and other company names, we will mention that down in the comments below. Simon, would you like to advise the audience how they can contact you and learn about your business? Sure thing. Uh, look, the best way is always just go to snowballeffect.co.nz. That's obviously our website. Get in contact with me directly. Simeon, so that's S-I-M-E-O-N, at snowballeffect.co.nz. Uh, all those details are on the, on the website as well if you didn't pick that up. Uh, so I look forward to hearing from some of your viewers. Thank you for your time. Cheers, Mac.